it's a very important fundamental teaching that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ in the sense of the Bible showing us what we are like. So, for instance, when the scriptures speak of for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Or when Genesis chapter 8 says that man is evil from his youth. Or when the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7, for I know that in me dwells no good thing. Or when he says again in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. We are left with a very vivid picture as to what our hearts and minds are like, brothers and sisters. It describes we as flesh and it shows us up for what we really are. Hopeless, helpless, frail, creatures of the dust. Now the world doesn't see it like that. The world will tell us that man is intrinsically good, naturally good. That's what the world tells us. And so God's word of truth, brothers and sisters, underlines to us that we need the grace of God in our lives. Now, think about that. Because we understand how God sees us, and because we understand how God views us, and because we understand what God knows we need, for we are all in desperate need, because we understand that, we are better able, notice, to measure and understand God's graciousness. And that is my chosen theme by way of exhortation. The graciousness of God. What does the word grace mean? Grace, brothers and sisters, is the help given to us by God because God desires us to have it. Not because we deserve it, nor because we have earned it. but because he wants to show his graciousness to us. That undeserved favor 
that act of kindness beyond what is due. Now, those of us who were privileged to see this moving baptism to brethren, taking on the saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and Brother Sam Edwards, in his announcements, illustrated the age difference. Brother John into his 70s. Brother Giovanni, from a youth circle. Now, here is the point, brothers and sisters. And this is our point of triangulation, where we all meet. Brother Giovanni, his name derived from the Italian and Hebrew origins, means God is gracious. Brother John's name in the Greek means, you've guessed it, God is gracious. Isn't that beautiful, brothers and sisters? We have before us the fact that God's graciousness covers, can cover, lifespans, age difference, background, color, creed, whatever our status, it makes no difference. God's graciousness has been brought to bear upon these two brethren whose names mean exactly the same thing. Giovanni. God is gracious. John. God is gracious. And herein is the point of exhortation thus far, brothers and sisters. We too have experienced the graciousness of God. Not because we deserve it, but through his mercy alone. Not because we deserve it at all. The first time we have the word in the Old Testament, in the authorized version of graciousness, comes in Genesis. If you turn there, please, and chapter 43. It's very interesting, this, you know. This was, of course, Joseph, who was given up for dead unseen by his family for over 20 years, and Benjamin, the son of the right hand, Joseph sees his full brother. They had the same mother, Rachel, who died in childbirth. 
and he yearned to see his little brother. Genesis chapter 43 and verse 29. Remember, they didn't know it was Joseph. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom he spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And we see the point, brothers and sisters, that what Joseph is saying, God would be gracious to him. And in so doing, God would be gracious to all the family. You see, graciousness, God's grace would be there for all that family. And Joseph utters that first phrase, God be gracious unto you, my son. Why does he say my son? Well, certainly in the English language, we might say to someone, a close friend, how are you doing, my son? But, but is there more to that? They didn't know it was Joseph. Perhaps Joseph is in that subtle way as he would do from time to time as he interacted with his brothers. He would remind himself that this little brother of his, whose name should have been son of my sorrow, was no longer to be son of my sorrow when his mother died, but son of my right hand. And Joseph knew all about his brother. So this graciousness, and, and Psalm 105, you may remember, brothers and sisters, talks about how God provided Joseph to be the savior of his brethren. You see, God's graciousness, that undeserved favor, was there. But there's something else here, actually. Come across, please, to the reading that we had in Romans and chapter 9. Where actually in the Old Testament, it's the quote where God's graciousness is mentioned again. So as the years go by, if the Lord remains away, whenever you read Romans chapter 9, the day of your baptism, put then the Romans chapter 9 and verse 15. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Come across, please, to Exodus in chapter 33. Because in Exodus chapter 33, the quote is there in verse 19 from the daily reading. Exodus chapter 33. This is when Moses wants to see God. Exodus 33 and verse 19. Verse 18 for connection. And Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make 
all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious, look at your margin, Romans 9.15, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. The Old Testament uses the word gracious. The New Testament uses the word mercy. But that's for another time. I will be gracious. And that's the names of our new brethren in Christ. That's what it means. God is gracious. And then in chapter 34. The character of God is revealed. And, and so we might even say that the names of our two brethren have the names and the character of God. Genesis, uh, uh, Exodus 34 and verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord God passed by before him and proclaimed the law. The seven aspects of the character of God. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will no, by no means clear the guilty, Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children, unto the third and to the fourth generation. And notice verse 8. This is the character of God in all its splendor. And consider carefully, brothers and sisters. Consider carefully. What happens next? And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. That is where the qualities of God, the characteristics of God, the nature of God. Moses was moved to bow his head and worship, brothers and sisters. He was so moved to do so. That's what he could do. He couldn't even stand in awe at the power and the graciousness of God. It had affected his life, he was bowled over because of the very character of God. Are you bowled over? Are you impressed? Am I impressed with God's nature? His beauty, his awesomeness. Are we not moved, brothers and sisters, as Moses was 
once we understand and grasp in some way God's graciousness, his mercy on you and I, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. It is God's prerogative. And God has called us. Us. Frail creatures of the dust. Are we not moved in reverential worship and praise and thanksgiving from our hearts? Oh, but, but there is much more here. Moses bows his head toward the earth and worships, but then he ventures further. And he said, if now I have found grace, oh. If now I have found grace, undeserved favor in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. Oh, did you see that? He recognizes, recognizes firstly his standing before God. He doesn't deserve it. He recognizes that God has exercised grace. God is gracious. And because he understands it, he wants fellowship with God. Let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. He wants to be with God. That's when we understand grace, God's graciousness. It, 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 we are moved. We are compelled to ask that we dwell with God, that God dwells with us. Why he wants fellowship with God. Let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our hour. He recognizes his failings. That, that's what happens when you come into the presence of God. You, you recognize your shortcomings and your failings, your inadequacies. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet if we would but venture, we still seek for fellowship. Through grace, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for thine inheritance. Here then is Moses, the mediator, the middleman, the go-between. The one who would seek to bring his people into the very presence of God. Seeking forgiveness, mark those words, please. Here then, brothers and sisters, Paul, Moses, he would recognize God's graciousness. 
God is gracious. So therefore, we must draw near to him, seeking forgiveness. And God, in his graciousness, provided the lamb that through his all-sufficient sacrifice for sin, we might be pardoned. We might have our sins forgiven. And we are so moved as our two brethren, as we have seen today, so moved as Moses was, want to be in his presence through fellowship. It is, of course, brothers and sisters, in Numbers chapter 6, we often call it Aaron's blessing. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, so the priests were to bless the people. And they were to say, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. Blessing and keeping. The Lord make his face shine. Notice that. Shine upon thee. Why was that? Well, it's a blessing, isn't it? Just how Moses was to interact upon the mount. Interact with the glory of God. He came down, his face shone. He interacted with the glory of God. We must interact with the glory of God, brothers and sisters, in the face of Jesus Christ. What a thing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee and be gracious. Unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Notice that. Causing his face to shine. Oil to make the face shine. Wine to make the glad the heart glad. Causing the face to shine. And with those two aspects of the glory of God causing the face to shine, that graciousness finds place, does it not, in the Gospel of Luke? Luke chapter 1. You will remember the chapter. Luke chapter 1, verse 13. Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. God is gracious. God is gracious. And at the end of the chapter, 
the work of John was what? Verse 79, notice, to give light to them that sit in darkness. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. And so those two beautiful aspects of God's light shining and God's graciousness find place in the life of he whose name was God is gracious. Now, isn't that beautiful, brothers and sisters? It's beautiful because Aaron's blessing protracted out for the people points forward to the work of John the Baptist and ultimately to the Lord Jesus Christ. So what can we say by way of encouragement to ourselves and to our two newly baptized brethren whose names are exactly the same in meaning. God is gracious, brother, sister. So what about when the troubles come? When the dark days come? When you are climbing spiritual mountain well i know guyana is a land totally flat but you get the idea you see brothers and sisters as we have already said it's nice to be on the mountain tops but the rich growth will always be in the valleys Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's the shadows we fear. So, so what about when the challenges come? For, for come they will to us all and to our two young brethren, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son or daughter whom he receiveth. Perhaps Psalm 77 might help please can we look at that psalm 77 notice here how it begins this psalmist is in a bad way the second word sets the tone of the psalm i cry Unto God, even unto God with my voice. Verse 2, in the day of my trouble. Verse 2, my soul ran in the night. Margin in the Hebrew, my hand. What does he mean by that? My hand ran in the night. Verse 3. Here then comes the lessons for you and I. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained. 
and my spirit was overwhelmed. These are words. These are the adjectives, brothers and sisters and friends that touch us from time to time. Cries, complaining, being overwhelmed. And then that word in verse three, Silla, pause, think, ponder. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Sila. Pause. Think. Consider. Breathe. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am in trouble and I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. When we are in doubt, brothers and sisters, we need to get back to the scriptures and see how God dealt with his people of old. For those things were written for our learning. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my heart. He made diligent search. And then he asks six questions. Will the Lord cast off forever? Will he not be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone? We will have questions about how God is dealing. Has God forgotten me in my loneliness? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Does his promise fail forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Ah, oh. there may be times in our lives, brothers and sisters, Brother Giovanni, Brother John, where for a few moments, you may even think about and ask this question. Has God forgotten to be gracious to me? In the challenges, in the worry, in the concern, In my failing of health. Has God. Forgotten. That my name means. God is gracious. And that's a reminder isn't it. I remember. Your sister. Sister Carol. Who has now fallen asleep on the Lord. Myself and brother Patrick spent time together preaching God's word a number of years ago abroad. Let us never forget God's graciousness. Here then in verse 10, verse 9, 
Hath God forgotten to, to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Silla, pause, think, consider. Then when he has done that, notice how he builds again. He's building his faith up. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will not only remember, I want to meditate also of all thy works and talk of thy doings. And they that spake often one to another. The names are written in the book of remembrance. We've got to talk about it. Talk, 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 talk to your brothers and sisters, brother Giovanni. Talk to your brothers and sisters, brother John. That's the way out. That's the way forward. Talk about it. And then he remembers, verse 15, thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people. He remembers the days of old, brothers and sisters. Isn't that marvelous? He has to pause. He has to breathe. Why, it might be it's a bit like, remember uh, Jeremiah? In, in, in Lamentations chapter 3, he says in verse 55 and 56, I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. Thou art, thou art, heard, thou heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Jeremiah possibly there in, 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 in the mire. Jeremiah in the mire sinking. And all he can do is. That was his prayer. He was breathing. All he could do, brothers and sisters, as he sunk down, was breathe. He was breathing his prayers. Perhaps for a few moments he asked the question, where is God's graciousness? But God is gracious. God is gracious and he will for not forget his children. Brothers and sisters, very quickly, please. Isaiah in, in, in chapter 30. Let's bring our thoughts. Isaiah chapter 30. And we're going in at verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall, be yours, shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. Verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious. Because the long-suffering of God is salvation. You see, it's in God's time. God will be gracious in his time. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be, that he may be gracious. 
sometimes we get the wrong way around, don't we? Oh, we want God to act, act now. Lord, show me your graciousness now. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. Verse 19, for the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious. We say, brothers and sisters, that the first occurrence in the authorized version of the word graciousness was when Joseph uttered that to Benjamin and for all his brothers. The first occurrence in the New Testament, the book of the Gospel of Luke and chapter 4, there is a beautiful echo here. Luke chapter 4. And this is more than a coincidence. This is God's spirit word. Luke chapter 4 and verse 22. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? First occurrence in the Old Testament, Joseph uttered it. First occurrence in the New Testament, it's in the context of, is, is this not Joseph's son? Joseph mentioned it in the Old Testament. Joseph's son in the context of the New the gracious words that proceeded from his mouth. Come across, please, brothers and sisters, to the first epistle of Peter. The first epistle of Peter, which reminds us of God's graciousness. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. As newborn babes, oh, that's a point of triangulation. We have seen a birth, two babes in Christ, albeit a gulf of age, a youth circler, and one who is 70 plus, but still babes in Christ. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. That's a quote from Psalm 34, verse 8. We won't, we won't go there now. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Brothers and sisters, shortly we are to taste and see that the Lord is good. That the Lord is gracious to the emblems before us, the bread and the wine. Come across, please, to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians and chapter 1 and verse 10. When he shall come, to be glorified in his saints 
and to be admired in all them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy. This is the grace of God. Counted worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's that fellowship, brothers and sisters. That's that fellowship that Moses himself ultimately saw and wanted to be with his God. Our last two references, please. Galatians chapter 2. Brother David mentioned it earlier. The baptism. The pillars in the ecclesia. That in God's mercy, Brother Giovanni and Brother John and others will set good examples. Galatians 2 and verse 9. And when James, Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given, the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. God is gracious. The right hand of fellowship. But here's the second part of the verse. That we should go unto the heathen. Strengthen the brothers and sisters. Would go out and preach. Encourage the flock. And preach. And in so preaching, you will encourage yourself also. And our last reference, please, brothers and sisters. In 2 Corinthians. And chapter 10. Over this weekend, our dear brethren, Brother Luke and Brother Stephen, have been encouraging us about the giants, been encouraging us about the lessons of the judges. One Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown. The Greek word there for overthrow is katastrunum, from where we get the word catastrophe. Will your life, will your walk in this wilderness end in catastrophe? Verse 11 and 12. Is where it ends and where it starts. It is being that example, that example to the flock 
being those examples that we read of in time past. It is a war, brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 is our final reference. Although we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The stronghold of the mind. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth it into captivity. Every thought, the obedience of Christ. May it be, brothers and sisters, now as we partake of the animals, we will remember the words of the psalmist. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. This are his tokens of his graciousness. When we didn't deserve it, when we could not earn it, it is God's gift to us in all our wretchedness. But we can be forgiven. We can be forgiven, brothers and sisters. Pray God as we partake of the emblems now. You will be reminded. And never forget. That God. Is. Gracious. And we thankful. To the father. That he is. Amen.